Parashas Pinchas starts with Hashem's bracha to Pinchas based on the big mitzvah that he did. V'chein emar hinanine sein loy esprisi shalom. Tell Pinchas that I'm giving him the covenant of peace. Now this is besides for the guarantee Pinchas was given that his descendants would be koyanim. He was given the bracha of peace. Let's think what that means. What does it mean when Hashem gives somebody a bracha of peace? Rakhash Baruch is at peace with them? Kilo the, the word war before? What does Hashem's bracha of peace mean? In truth, in this Pasha series, I feel a little bit of a balchayv. I have an unpaid debt to the audience because a number of weeks back, we spoke about the Brikos Kohanim. We spoke about the three levels of how a person can interact with Hashem, either in the level where he's figuratively called HaKadosh Baruch Hu's daughter, or the level where we called Kaishal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sister, or even the level where Kaishal can be called HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mother. Which means either we take the initiative and the Kvot Shemayim in the world is up to us. And on that, we have the third of the three brachas of Pirkas Kohanim, Yisra Hashem Pana Ve'lecho. Hashem will raise His face towards you, Ki'ilu Hashem is to raise His face to us. In other words, that the Shekhinah follows the direction which is initiated by Klal Yisrael. But the bracha carries on. V'yaseim Lecha Shalom. What's the connection between V'yaseim Lecha Shalom and the first part of the bracha? That Hashem will raise His face towards you. So what we really need to understand is what is the concept of Shalom. What does it mean, peace, Shalom in the words of the Torah? Because we always look at, we often think about peace in the sense that it's the lack of, a lack of peace. In other words, the absence of conflict, the absence of war is called peace. Then we don't see Shalom as being a tremendous maila. Rather, we see it as when there's no or nothing at present which contradicts Shalom. That's not what Shalom really means. So first, let's examine what does the word Shalom mean, what does the concept mean, and then we can understand what it means, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's bris of Shalom. But before that, I want to ask another question. And that is, whatever this bris of Shalom is that Pinchas was granted, let's ask the question. Why did Pinchas deserve it? So you're going to tell me, because of this tremendous, mysterious nefesh that Pinchas displayed, that he took the, so to speak, instruction of Moshe seriously, and he went to be a kanoi who was going to attack a Nasi of Klai Yisrael in order to prevent the Chilol Hashem. And that's true. But if we look closely at that, how much did Pinchas actually do? The Gemara in Sanhedrin and Dafei Beis tells us that there were a string of miracles which occurred that enabled Pinchas to do what he did. Firstly, he was allowed access into Zimri's tents. The Bnei Shimon who were surrounding Zimri didn't try and prevent him coming in. Secondly, the normal thing would be 
that if Zimri would have noticed somebody had come into his inner sanctum, he would stop what he was doing, and he didn't. Thirdly, Pinchas was managed to impale both Cosby and Zimri at the same time with one thrust of the spear, which is in itself miraculous. He was then able to lift the spear, balancing the weight of two people on it without the spear breaking, without them sliding off. That's also miraculous. He took them out of the tent, and uh, when he was trying to lift them up and lever them through, they wouldn't have been able to fit through the opening. So Hashem had to lift the tent miraculously, so to speak, to allow them out. And lastly, all the Bnei Shimon who were congregated outside, when they saw someone who had just killed their leader, they didn't react. So Shimon's mice of Kanos was a mice which was replete with Nisim. Not only that, it was only because of all the Nisim which happened that Pinchas was able to do what he did. And if that's the case, we can ask the question. So Pinchas had good intentions. Pinchas had Kavanah and Hashem Shemayim, understandably, unarguably. But why is he being rewarded? He's being rewarded for an action where Hashem took, took part in every single step. An action which needed Nisim to see it through from every single stage. Why does that deserve reward? But if we think about it, it's not just Pinchas. Every person, every person who achieves Ratzon Hashem, to do what Hashem wants, really there's a Siyat HaDishmaya which is guiding him. Really HaKadosh Baruch Hu is holding his hand and helping him. Really HaKadosh Baruch Hu is enabling him to succeed. Every action that a person does, he needs Hashem's ability to help him do if a person wants to sit in the entire, he needs a menuchas nevish to learn. He needs the ability to understand. He needs the eyes to see. If a person wants to get stuck, he needs to have the money. He needs to have the person to give to. He needs to have the ability to give. So any mitzvah that's going to be like that. And this is a pasuk. All our deeds you did for us. Whatever we do, Hashem is really doing for us. And if that's the case, let's not ask on Pinchas, let's ask on ourselves. What are we asking for a reward for our mitzvahs? Why do we expect to be given the bracha for the mitzvahs we've done? The same research applies to us too. And that is, in reality, it's a Kaddish Baruch that's doing and this is the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Ulecha Hashem chesed. For you Hashem is considered a chesed, the righteousness, Because you repay a man, like his deeds. You repay a man like his deeds. Mephoshim asks a question. Mephoshim asks, Why is that a chesed that Hashem pays a man like his deeds? That's, Justice does demand that. That's MS. If a person's worked for you, you have to pay him. If a person's done something, he deserves compensation. So why are we saying it's a chesed? Why are we saying it's a chesed that Hashem pays a person? But I have a different question on the Pasuk. I have a question on the end of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Hashem, you pay a person 
like his deeds. Not for his deeds, like his deeds. And I believe the one answers the other. The chesed is that Hashem pays a person for what he did as if it was his deed. As if he was the one to do it. He wasn't. He maybe wanted to, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped him every step of the way. And therefore, by rights, Hashem should say, you're asking me for a reward for what you did? You didn't do. HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped you do. But it's a chesed that Hashem considers it Hashem considers it like it was the action of the person. And in that context, like it was the action of the person, Hashem gives him reward. And if we deserve reward like that, then Pinchas is rewarded exactly the same way. Of course there were Nisim involved. It's always like that. But nevertheless, it's considered like Pinchas' action. It's considered as if it was Pinchas' individual achievement, so to speak. And that's what he gets rewarded for. And if we understand this, and this is a good introduction to understand the concept of Shalom. You know, people often mistake the idea of Shalom as a partnership. It's I have my job, you have yours. And we don't interfere with each other, we don't ruin each other's, so to speak, area of influence. And that's Shalom. And really that's not Shalom. As a rule, someone, some people sometimes come for Shalom Bias counseling. And when a discussion starts in that way, it's always a warning sign. And that is, each party thinks, this is my job, I'm doing what I'm meant to do, these are your jobs, you're not doing what you're meant to do. So it might be technically a way to divide a partnership, a shutfas. This is my job in the shutfas, this is your job in the shutfas. But there's no shalom. Why? Because the definition of shalom is the combination of both of us can achieve something greater. We're both working to a greater goal. It's not just the partnership where I have what I want and what I'm prepared to give for that, what I expect to receive back. And you have what you want, what you're prepared to invest in and what you want in return. The concept of Shalom comes when there's something we're both trying to achieve. And because it's something which we both see as more important than our individual wants or our individual abilities so therefore we're both prepared to work together to achieve something greater and if that's true that we're working towards something a greater result then if that's the case be each willing and each waiting to be able to do what we can to achieve that goal and therefore it's not going to divide itself into what did I do what did you do did I do more than my fair share or less than my fair share? Because at the end of the day, we're both working to achieve a goal. Imagine soldiers on the same side of the army. And they're both working together to repel an attack. And imagine in the heat of the battle, the one soldier will turn to the other and say, that's it. I've shot 500 bullets already. That's more than my fair share. You carry on by yourself. You think, are you crazy? Who cares about who's shot more? We're working together to protect ourselves from the enemy. So if I'm going to do more, or you're going to do more, at the end of the day, we, we're, working to get some, we're working to achieve something bigger than that. That's the aside of Shalom. 
Shalom puts us together because we both want to achieve more than either of us can do on our own. And therefore it's in the context of a, of a family. It's the same idea. What we can achieve as a family is more than either of us as an individual. And therefore we're both going to do what we can in order to achieve that. It's not a question of who's doing more. It's not a partnership. And if you understand this, Rabbi, so here comes the big side. The idea of Shalom with Hashem. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a goal he wants for the world to get to. A person can have the same goal. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, he wants too. And if that's the case, it's true that it should be the person's job to do what he can on his side. But the bracha of Shalom is, since the person's goal is matching up to Hashem's goal, Hashem's going to do more to help him get there. Hashem's going to help him achieve, because at the end of the day, it's a common goal. What the person wants is what Hashem wants. And therefore, when Pinchas wants to stand up for Kvot Shemaim, and he wants to do something which is in the realm of the normal world impossible. He wants to barge unannounced into, into Zimri's tent. And he wants to show a mice of Kanos and kill him and kill Cosby together. And be able to take them both out and show it to Klai Yisrael. He wants to do something which B'derech HaTeva won't happen. But he wants to bring Kvot Shemaim. And if that's the case, his goal and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's goal is the same. And if that's the case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will contribute, so to speak, to the effort to make sure it succeeds. That's the bris of Shalom. That's the bris of Shalom. That when a person's goals are lined up with Hashem's goals, we're both working to achieve the same thing. If that's the case, then it's not a question of how much each party is doing. We're both going to do what's necessary in order to achieve the result. And when a person does what he can do to achieve the result, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will add in whatever else is needed in order that that, in order that, that point Shemayim happens. And then again, it doesn't take away from the reward. It's a chesed of Hashem that he'll still pay the person as if he did it on his own. And that's the same thing we saw in the Brinkus Karani. Yisra Hashem Hashem will look up to you. And that we saw what that means is HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give Klai Yisrael the opportunity to take the initiative in bringing Kuwait Shemaim in the world. But we asked him Since that's also what Hashem wants to happen, that's the tachis that the world's meant to reach, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will fill in whatever's necessary, will be mashlim, whatever's necessary so that goal is met. Yes, it sometimes needs nisim, sometimes needs a clear, so to speak, sign that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking a hand in making things happen. That's what's, that's what's the bris of Shalom. The bris of Shalom is that when the goal is what Hashem also wants, then it's not a question of is it my job or is it your job. And was I meant to do this or were you meant to do this? We're working together because we want the goal to be achieved. And if you understand this, there's a Chazal I want to explore. A Gemara at the end of Brachos, a Gemara located in the middle of Dafim and Dafim of Bagarata, which people normally focus on 
minimally because we're trying to finish however many dafim it is at the end of the Masechta. But it leaves us sometimes like a discordant strain in a person's mind that this Gemara needs an explanation. Let's look at it. The Gemara says, Shlosha Shlom Yisheim. There are three kinds of peace. The one kind of peace is the peace of a river. The other kind of peace is the peace of a bird. And the last kind of peace is the peace of a pot. How do we know that? The Gemara brings three sukim in Zephi Yeshaya. The one is that the, the Novi talks about Hashem Hashem will, so to speak, cook up, prepare peace for us. The other one is Ketziporim Yogen. Ketziporim offers Ken Yogen Hashem Al-Amun. Like the birds which fly, so too HaKadosh Baruch will protect our Israel. And the last one, it talks about peace, it talks about a Nachal. Like a peace which is like a river. What are these three kinds of peace? And what's the reference to a river, to a bird, and to a pot? So if we look in Tanakh, besides for Pinchas, we find two other people who were given the bracha of peace. The one was Shlomo Melech. That was his name. He was called Shlomo because of the Shalom which would be in his time. Shlomo was also given called peace. And the other was the king Chizkiyahu. Before he was born, the Navi comes to his father Achaz and says to him, Are you going to have a son? The great Hashem, so to speak, called your child's name, Sar Shalom, the master of peace. So we have two more people who were called Shalom. The one, the Sarah Shalom was Chizkiyahu, the other one, Shleim HaMelech. Why? So let's look at Shleim HaMelech first. Shleim HaMelech was given his tafkid before he was born. Hashem tells David long before Shleim was born that your son which you're going to give birth to he is going to be the one to sit on the throne after you. And he is going to establish the kingdom. And he is going to be the one to build the base of Mikdash. So Shlomo's, so to speak, the expectations have already been set. And it's a tremendous job. To establish the Malchus of Klai Yisrael to build it into an empire which the entire world is going to respect and pay homage to, to build the base of Mikdash and bring the Shekhinah down to this world, that's a tremendous expectation from anybody. Specifically, expectation from Shlomo Melech, who assumed the throne when he was only 12. How's a person expected to do so much? Whether it's the physically the ability to control an empire, whether it's the is the ability to understand the Kabbalistic secrets and how to build the base in Mikdash. How's a person meant to achieve such a tremendous goal? 
And the answer is, this is why he was called Shlomo. Because Hashem gave him also the bris of Shalom. That if he wants to achieve the goal Hashem wants him to achieve, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be there to help him achieve that. And we see this from the beginning. When Shlomo just embarks on his career, Hashem comes to him in the dream and give on, and he says to him, Shlomo, I'm here to help you. Sha'al ma'etein loch. Ask whatever you want, Hashem is going to give it to you. Shlomo asks the Chachma to run the country, to judge Klai Yisrael. And Hashem says, I'm going to give you also Chachma and Oisher and Kavod and everything that you can give to a person. Ad Kach. So much so that Shlomo was even given the ability to understand the language of the birds and the animals. Why? Because he was Shlomo. Because when HaKadosh Baruch had an expectation for him, and he wanted to live up to Hashem's expectation, then HaKadosh Baruch was going to help him achieve that. Miraculous? Undeniably. But that's the principle of Shalom. And now let's look at Chizkiyahu HaMelech. The same thing. Chizkiyahu was given a job which is unlikely other people would be able to do. You know, if you look in the, the history books of military engagements, you'd check it out in the annals of, of international battles. What was the biggest army ever put into the field? You'll find the biggest recorded army we know about was the Soviet counter-offensive to Nazi Germany, which had, I think, three or maybe four million people involved in the war. An army of three or four million people, that in military history is the biggest army ever amassed for a certain campaign. But if you look in Tanakh, we have an army which is much bigger than that. And that was the army of Sancheriv. Sancheriv, who had already conquered most of the world. And he gathers forces from all over his far-flung empire for his campaign against Jerusalem. And the Pasuk talks about the size of Sancheriv's army. And it tells us that Sancheriv had 1,800,000 and 50,000 generals. 1,850,000 generals. Now even if you're going to take a minimalist interpretation and say a general means an officer, and let's say every officer was only over five men, we already have an army of over 8 million people. That's more than double the world's biggest military force ever seen. And this tremendously enormous army was coming, marching against Chizkiyahu, who was besieged in the small city of Yerushalayim. Chizkiyahu had an option. Sancheirev sent messengers to say, do you want to surrender? Do you want to make peace? There were many in Yerushalayim who definitely wanted to make peace. To fight an army that size seemed absolutely suicidal. Sancheriv even wrote to Chizkiah. He said, if every one of my soldiers does nothing but take a pebble out of Yerushalayim, there'll be nothing left except for sand. 
So Chizkiyot, the option, he is invited to surrender, to make peace with Tzimcherev. But the Navi Yeshaya sends him a message from Shem Hashem. Koyamar Hashem, don't make peace with Tzimcherev. You're going to war. You're going to war? You're going to war with enough people to fill a continent. How am I going to fight such a battle? But Hashem said, make war. And Chizkiyot turned down the option to surrender. He declared war. So Chizkiyot did what Hashem wanted him to do. But now how's it going to happen? How's such a war going to be fought? What did happen? That night, the night of Pesach, the Malach came down from Shemaim and annihilated the entire army of Sancheriv. The next morning, out of those millions of people, only four were still alive. Anais, unparalleled. Unparalleled until one day, Be'ez Hashem, we'll see the Anais when Hashem destroys the combined armies of Gog and Magog. But until that time, there's never been such a military reversal. And why did such a Anais happen? Because Chizkiyahu was a Sar Shalom. Because he did what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. He didn't, he didn't surrender to Sancheirev. Hashem wanted to fight. He wanted to fight. And when a person's working with Hashem, when there's a breath of Shalom, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do his part too. Cheskiel just needed to declare war. He didn't even have to make it onto the battlefield. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took care of the rest. These are the three pieces. There was one thing, one thing that Chizkiyahu did do. He brought the river, the Gichon, into Yerushalayim. So Sancharif Kushun cut off his water supply. That's one kind of Shalom. The Shalom of the river. And we talk about Shalom HaMelech. So we know that Shalom HaMelech got the birds to do his bidding. That's also not a human quality. That's miraculous. That's the peace of the bird. Kitsiparim offers Kain Yogi and Hashem. Just like you can get birds to fly, it's a symbol that Hashem is protecting Yerushalayim. And lastly, maybe I should say firstly, the Solomon of the pot. Let's look at the Pasuk there. It's the Pasuk in Yeshayim Perakhovov. And the Pasuk before that says, Yochan Rasha, Baal Lamad Tzedek. Is Hashem going to forgive the Rasha who didn't do speak righteousness? No. Says the Pasuk. It will be destroyed by the Kanayam, by the Kanos of the people. It will destroy the Rasha. That's, that's talking about Pinchas. The Rasha who was wanted to get away with his crime, Zimri, which Baroivam, he showed he was doing in Avera, it was Dafka the Kanos of the people, the zealousness of Pinchas which destroyed him, and then the next Pasuk, Hashem Hashem will prepare, cook up so to speak, peace for us, Ki Gam Kol the Pasuk we started with, because all of our actions He did for us. 
All our actions did it for us. Yes, Pinchas was the one who caused the miracle. Pinchas was the one who stopped the plague, who killed Zimri. But there's a shalom here also. Because Pinchas wanted to stand up for Kvot Shemayim. Or Shlomoy, by wanting to be the one to establish the Malchus of Klai Yisrael and build the best of Mikdash. Or Chizkiyahu in his time, by agreeing to be the one to defy and declare war on Sancheirev, they were doing Ratzon Hashem. And when a person is working with Hashem to achieve the same results, then there's a Baruch of Shalom. And it doesn't just apply to them. We have another Pasuk also. And with this I'm going to conclude. We have the Pasuk we saw last week about Hashem giving the Torah to Klai Yisrael. Hashem oiz la'amo yitzeng. Hashem gives the Torah to Klai Yisrael. It's called oiz. And the Torah being given to Klai Yisrael makes a lot of demands on Klai Yisrael. The Torah has high expectations. The Torah provides a roadmap for us to follow. The Torah provides an ideology for us to live up to. And yes, we said nice Ishmael. We want to accept the Torah. How do we know we're going to be able to keep up to the Torah standard? To meet the Torah's expectations? Because when a person wants to do return Hashem, when Christ will say, Hashem, we're here to do your Ratzon. When saying nice initial, we showed Hashem we want to do his ratzen. Then at the same time that Hashem oiz la'amu yitain, that Hashem gives the Torah to Klai Yisrael, Hashem yivarech esame b'shalom. Hashem gives us all the bracha of shalom. Because that's going to give us the opportunity to work with Hashem. To reach and achieve the results that both HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we are trying to achieve.